Welcome to the Alliance Experience Podcast, a real estate podcast talking all things property management with a side of banter. Your hosts are Sam Riley and myself, Kelly Johnson. Welcome back to the Alliance Experience Podcast, episode 22. And today I bring with me two special guests um, to talk about the real estate market. So I'm firstly, I want to welcome Claire Bartlett. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so glad you could join us. So Claire, tell us about yourself, how long you've been in real estate, what you love about real estate, just go for gold. Um, I have been in real estate now for just over 10 years from when I moved from the UK. Um, my previous background was in banking, so a bit of experience in mortgages and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, worked for Harcourt's Alliance for three years. Yep. Love chatting with buyers and sellers um, and just generally enjoy Love real estate. Areas, <laughs> yeah, the areas that I sell in. Yeah. yeah. So what's your main area that you focus on? Like obviously you'll sell all, all over Perth for people, but what's your main area? So my core areas are that far northern corridor, mm-hmm. um, Alchemos, Eglinton being the main areas. You are them. like a superstar within that area. You, you don't have to be humble here. Oh, I, look, I, I love the areas and so I do the best I can to promote those areas. What a humble real estate agent. Oh. Now we're also joined by Courtney. So Courtney makes up Team Bartlett. So you work with Claire. I do. Tell us about that. I joined Claire early this year. Mm-hmm. I started in real estate in 2012. Yep. I worked at a couple of different companies, but I came over to Harcourts in 2017. Yeah. It's been here for a number of years um, and became good friends with Claire. And then an opportunity came forward to join Claire's team. So you were previously your own independent sales rep? I was, yeah. How was it? What made you switch from being an independent rep to coming and forming part of a team? I worked on a team when I first started. Yep. So I was on a very active team for six years mm-hmm. um, and really love working alongside someone. Yeah. I think it uh, just makes the whole job more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You can offer a high level of service. Um, I did leave for a little while to expand my family. She had a baby had girl. To, had a little baby. Um, and just from the, I suppose, the angle that when I came back, I wanted to make sure that I could give the time that I've got as best as I can to the industry, I just felt it would be better to join someone who I know and trust yep. and admire how they work. Yep. Um, Claire is a very highly active agent in her areas yep. and she had reached a point where she needed the assistance and was at a point to expand her team. So the timing was perfect. So let's just, obviously we're going to talk about the real estate market today, but let's just focus on basically you getting a PA because obviously you're a very successful agent and you didn't have a PA. No, I haven't had a So how was it going from being like the one-stop shop doing everything to bringing Courtney on and making it work as a team? Yeah, I think for me I got to a position where I was active enough to need someone to assist me in the background. Yep. So very much I'm a control freak. (laughs) So very much like to manage my own business um, and I am still the person who negotiates and works closely with sellers and buyers, mm-hmm. but it just suited perfectly to bring Courtney in. Yeah. yeah. So you're obviously liking it. Love it. Have you found that you can give, like obviously you always gave good service, that's why you're successful, but do you feel like now you have more time to give the service being in a team? Uh, yes, yeah. definitely. We, uh, I've just 
expanded again um, yes. and taken someone on to cover the administration mm-hmm. because that will allow Courtney more time to be able to support the sales that I do. That's exciting. Look yeah. at you just kicking goals. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the market. As you said, you do a lot in Alchemos, Eglinton, you do Yanship, you do Two Rocks, you're the go-to up there. Yeah. So how is the market up there? How are you guys finding, let's do sellers first. How are sellers when you're appraising? Are they talking like they want really high prices because such and such down the road sold for big money or do people still take on your opinion when you're appraising? I think sellers are in the in the norm, pretty understanding of where the market is now. Mm-hmm. It's obviously being talked about a lot on the radio and um, on the TV, so people do understand. Obviously, my job is to get the best price yep. for them, but that doesn't necessarily mean coming to the market at a ridiculously high figure. Mm-hmm. Um, the market is buoyant enough to be able to appreciate a good price, yep. um, but also, you know, understanding that um, the market's where it is. Yep. Um, definitely, buyers are, you know. In, in abundance at the moment. Yeah. So certainly, so long as a seller is realistic on price, um, then buyers will meet that market. Are you finding when you're both obviously dealing with buyers, do people still counter offer? Because I know like there's obviously been a lot of talk, you know, when a house comes on the market, agents say to the buyers, look, put your best offer forward, like this is it. Do you still counter with people, like I, as much as we used to basically back in the day? I think the, the confusion is that um, agents work in different ways. Yeah. Um, so my job is to explain to buyers when they come through homes exactly how I work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they come along for the ride and they understand that they do have an opportunity to come up with a better price. The majority of property at the moment sells in a multiple offer situation. Okay. And so from that point of view, it's important for, you know, the seller to Mm -hmm. have more than one buyer interested, but equally for the buyer to understand how they can best achieve what they want to do and and purchase the property. And is that all you dealing with the clientele at that point? When would you step in at some stage, Courtney? Listen, as Claire said, Claire's team is very much about Claire still handling and negotiating. Mm-hmm. Um, what I try and do is obviously get in touch with all buyers that go through a property because Claire will be at a property grand opening half an hour and see what, for example, yesterday, 40 to 45 groups. Through one, one house. Through one open. Um, obviously, and then over the course of that day and evening, Claire's working with everyone that's getting in touch with her. Yeah. So first thing on a Monday, I try and get in and just make the calls to everyone that's attended just to make sure we give everyone the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um some buyers may not be aware of how fast-paced things can be, so we just want to make sure that we at least give them the courtesy of reaching out. So you'll call every person that's come through. every person. See, and that's if, good. If they don't answer, we send them a text message. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that Monday mornings are hard for people. Everyone's busy. So we try to do both and at least give, you know, a lot of people just get back to us with a text and say, yes, could you call and let's discuss further or no, listen, this wasn't for us, but could we jump on your database because they know how busy we are. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, I think it's just a case we want to make sure we're giving that service to not only sellers but to buyers yeah. to make them not feel like they're not noticed or cared about, that they get an opportunity to come forward. We do also always go to at least one home open. So a lot yeah, of agents, so tell us about this. Yep. A lot of agents do sell off market. Yep. Um, and obviously there's an abundance of Eastern States investors at the moment and buyers from the Eastern States and over in the UK as well. Um, but I am a firm believer that everyone should have the opportunity to view the property 
if they can. So it will always go to one home open. That's also in the best interest of my seller. See, I agree with you completely, but not all agents work like that. And I find that not all agents would even do the courtesy of calling buyers. So I find it really, really good that you guys do that touching base with everyone that's come through. So do you tell the seller, at what point do you tell the seller the feedback? Like how does your feedback work after a home open? Well, generally Claire would touch base them on a Sunday to give them numbers. Obviously give them general. I would say to, on a Sunday, yes, you would give them the you know the amount of people that have walked through, mm-hmm. how many have attended, because obviously all their details are taken. Mm-hmm. And then it's a case of I will log into our system and take down notes. It's actually interesting because I would say a number of years back when our market was a lot slower, people didn't answer their phones, whereas I find I would say eight out of ten calls that I make get answered. And I'm calling yeah. from a number that they don't know yeah. But I think, and I have had a number of them comment, oh, we never get calls And this from is what agents. I'm so used to, so I love this. Like, mm. this is great. So, yes, yeah, so I take down the notes and then obviously Claire's working actively with buyers who are already engaging and writing offers and speaking direct with the seller mm-hmm. and then I'll pass on all that feedback to Claire and either we draw a report, which we can email, but Claire's always on the phone with the with her clients Keeping anyhow. Yeah, so that's just sort of like a second tier of feedback. So are you finding then with properties it's busy with um, people wanting to own occupy or people looking up that way to invest? There is a real mix. Um, Because they're newer suburbs, they definitely attract investors. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, low maintenance, the block size is fairly small. Mm -hmm. So that means garden maintenance is low, um, isn't really an issue. Um, And particularly you know, as you would expect with any property when when you purchase it, it might need to paint or anything yeah. like that. But, uh, you know, when you're buying in a new area, they, those expenses, initial expenses are lower than you would They're get not in a more established, longer, yeah, an older area. So then how do you, when you're doing your offers and things like that, is it a lot of people over East? Is everything DocuSign with you guys now? Majority. Um, first homeowners, I try my hardest to sit in front of. Yeah, because they don't that's understand. That's more because, yeah, it's just, you know, making sure that people understand whether that might be by conversation. But the market has moved to such that, you know, if you're working in multiple offer situations, DocuSign works best for, for everyone, buyers, sellers. Me included. Yeah, I agree. So then obviously this is, is this the craziest market you've experienced within your career? It's the fastest paced market, mm-hmm. craziest. Look, I've worked through some very challenging markets mm-hmm. um, and this is challenging in a different way. Um, I have sellers who, you know, would come to the market in a heartbeat if I could find them the perfect property. To buy or to rent? To buy. Oh, okay. Um, so some will default mm-hmm. and uh, move into the rental market mm-hmm. um, because they can't find somewhere, but the majority don't even come to the market. So they're keen to sell, wow. either downsize or upsize. Yeah. But just because of the fact that there is no property available mm-hmm. or they're going to be in a multiple offer situation, they have to they take that take risk. risk. And okay. come to the market in the meantime, yeah. they might not find anything and then I've sold their house. So there are different ways of working to avoid that happening. Yep. Um, and it might be an extended settlement. It might be that I can work alongside you and mm-hmm. we can move them into a rental property mm-hmm. um, for six to 12 months while they make their decisions. Mm-hmm. So we work closely to 
to make sure that yeah. we do the best by our buyers and sellers. And we like we we work very closely together anyway. Um, but just on that, like I know you're obviously my biggest referrer, so you deal with the most investors. But I think as well, you're very good at educating your sellers and buyers, so they know that if they get to that point or if they need anything to do with renting, you do like the pre-education for me. So then when it comes to me, I'm already in on either side, which we appreciate. So then what about when you're pricing properties? Obviously, you are the area expert up there. And I know me, like I'm talking me personally, when I'm pricing rentals, there's always other agents who overprice, whether they overprice to get the business or they overprice because they're stupidly thinking it's worth that. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where a seller comes to you and say you think the house is worth 600K and the seller goes, look, I want seven. What happens then if you're 50 or 100 grand apart on selling a property? Um, I'm not a firm believer in using a particular price, particularly mm-hmm. in this market. Yep. Um, a range works better, yep. both for buyers and sellers. They understand a bit more of where, you know, the market is. So they're given a guide price. Yep. Um, but you know, in, in a buoyant market, um, a fixed price isn't necessarily the best idea. Um, it, it, it is about just trying to educate sellers on the fact that I know the area well and that they understand that I'm, you know, I'm working on, on their experience. behalf. It's extremely important for me to also give the best for the areas I sell in. Yep. So I'm not an agent that will, one, force prices down mm-hmm. um, once we've been on the market a week or yep. so. Um, genuinely, I believe that even if I price it higher, it's the price I can achieve. Okay, so you're always confident with pricing. definitely. And then what's your, both yours, Courtney, jump in, your take on when agents put properties on at offers? I hate it. Like, I'm obviously not a sales rep, so I'm just going to go, it's my podcast too, I can say what I want. (laughs) (laughs) I hate offers. It's like, if when Ash and I were looking, it drives me nuts because you have no idea if you're in with a chance. But obviously, you guys are more in the field. What's your take on offers? The feedback that I get when speaking to buyers that Claire's meeting and we, you know, if they discuss pricing with me, they hate it. I think buyers already feel it's very much a seller's market. So buyers already feel a little bit out of their comfort zone. They're already nervous. They don't want to go into a home and feel stupid. If they've got a 600K budget we've and an agent puts offers knowing that it's not going to sell for under 700. Mm-hmm. Everyone, a lot of agents assume that buyers should know, but not all of them do. No. They're not agents. They're, if they're not actively watching the market or they're very new to the market, they could disregard a house that's in their price range and that seller's lost a buyer because they're too nervous to walk through and look silly or just feel out of the game. So it's certainly not um, a pricing method that that Claire uses that we use. And I feel like in general in our office, it's not really a common pricing within many of our sales reps in here. I don't really know anyone that does offers to us. Everyone, if there is any word of it, it's usually like offers from 625 or something. It's in there, but not just offers. If I've ever used offers, which it as Courtney says, is extremely rare. I can't remember the last time they did it. Then it would be with price guide. Yeah, so you've still have given price them price guide still on the advert, and that's it is as Courtney's saying. It's extremely, it's extremely difficult for buyers to envisage where you're looking for price mm. because there's so many different pricing way, you know, pricing structures. But more importantly, they don't want to feel stupid by either paying way too much or. Coming in yeah, for that's way underneath. So, yeah. No, I get that. 
So then where do you predict the market? Obviously, there's a lot of talk about interest rates, fixed terms coming to it. You know, when people ask me, I have no idea, rental side, but both of your opinions, what do you think is going to happen in the next 12 months in the market? I think we're in an ever-evolving market at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the increasing interest rates have have really not affected our market, and that's purely because of the lack of property available. Yep. Um, so buyers are paying what what is required, um, so long as they can obviously afford it. Mm-hmm. With uh, the WA government over recruiting in the UK recently, yep. there's obviously going to be a huge number of um, new buyers and renters uh, coming into the market so I think that that will continue to keep our market buoyant Mm -hmm. so for now I don't see that there will be any reduction in prices not what I want to hear I want to buy a house in 12 months (laughs) 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 Courtney what do you think listen unfortunately I think a lot of buyers have sat back too long thinking that they'll just wait we'll just wait it'll go backwards and I think because people are still maybe jaded from when our market did take the big downturn sort of on the back end of 2014 through 2015. Um, and probably where we've got to now is very normal, but I think we had such a suffering market for an extended period of time that people are still adjusting to what really is normal. We are not horrendously, excessively priced where we're at. Yeah. Especially- it's just that people aren't used to it. So I, I completely agree with Claire. I don't think, obviously we don't have a crystal ball, but mm-hmm. I do not believe we're going to be going backwards or anything at this stage. There's too many buyers around and we still don't have enough property to help them all. Well, this is the thing. And I know in the rental side of things, if I had more rentals available, life would be a lot easier, but we don't. Um, so it's just, like you said, it's just watching what happens and going from there. Yep. Absolutely. Anything else you ladies would like to add to our podcast talking about the real estate market today? Not, not for me. It's been a pleasure. Well, it thank you both for coming. Pleasure. I told you it wasn't too daunting. It wasn't. Will you yes. be back? It wasn't. We, we leave on skate. Yes. <laughs> we will come back another time. Oh, thank just you. Just for you. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening today, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode on the Alliance Experience. Don't forget to follow us on Insta, alliance.leasing.